Yeah, I do really feel that I am a global woman by birth because I was lucky enough to be born into two cultures and at a young age was going back and forth. I, I just felt that that's just part of who I am. Welcome to a new episode of Most Memorable Journeys. Today's guest is kind of a colleague. She's also a travel partner. We have recently been in Dubai together. She has attended a conference that I organized here in Cyprus, and she is a fellow Global Woman Director. I am the Global Woman Director in Cyprus, and Micaela Passeri is the Global Woman Director in Los Angeles. But she's not talking to me from Los Angeles. She's talking to me from Florence. And I think by now you'll be confused enough. We'll let her in. Welcome to Most Memorable Journeys, Micaela Passeri. Thank you. Thank you, Elizabeth. And I love how you say my name because you say it right. Yay. Yes, because <laughs> first of all, I speak a little Italian. Actually, my Italian is quite good. And second, I have heard you saying it so many times and I love the way you say it. Thanks. Thanks. I appreciate it. So you grew up bilingual. Your, your Italian and your um, English are equal, right? Yes, they are. Absolutely. I would. I always say I, I'm bicultural because I'm really... I have deep roots in my Italian culture, but I also have deep roots in the American culture. And I always believe that learning a language, even if it's not your, you know, second mother tongue like it is in your case, but adopting a country, when you when you move to another country, it's very important to learn the language because as you exactly say, it makes you bicultural because the language equals culture. You understand mm-hmm. the country a lot more when you actually understand the mm-hmm. the But let's start from the beginning. You were born in Italy, right? Yes, I was. And um, however, to an American mom. <laughs> my my dad was Italian and my mom is American. So I that's how I got my biculturality, you know, through my parents. And I was lucky enough to start traveling at a very, very young age, I believe, My first plane ride was under the age of one um, because I was born in Florence and my mom and my dad obviously wanted to show me off in America and brought me to see my grandma and grandpa and all of my aunts and uncles over there. So, yeah. And were they in, where were they? Were they in California where you are, where you live now or were they somewhere else? Yes, they were in Northern California, uh, right outside about 20, 30 minutes outside of San Francisco in the East Bay, it's called the East Bay. Right. And do you have, did you go there every year? Like we normally, uh, did your mom take you every year or did you just visit uh, once in a while? So we would actually spend a summer at the beaches here in Tuscany. And then the following summer, we'd go to California to visit grandma and grandpa. So we really, and I say we because I have a younger sister. So it was my sister and I. And obviously my dad and my mom. So we we had really that that um, privilege of being able to spend our summers in two different countries alternating. And that's how I really felt um, from a young age that I wanted to go to um, to America to call, to go to college. My sister, on the other hand, didn't care. But because of that back and forth and because of the experience that I had living Uh, for the summer in uh, in in America, and actually, now that I remember, 
uh, in the eighties, I think from 82 to 84, my parents, we all moved there for two years because my dad tried to do a business in California and then we came back. But yeah, I had this, this experience of America. So I wanted, I was curious enough to go, to go and live there for college. My sister, not so much. My sister's very traditional Italian and she's still lives in Italy. And, uh, I now live in, in, uh, in LA, even though in this present moment, I am in Florence. <laughs> it's funny, isn't it? How different actually siblings can be, you know, like you're saying your sister had no interest in the US and you decided to move there. But I have another question because, and that's yes. a question that's my, my, because of myself, did your mom always feel comfortable in Italy? Did she adapt well? Ah, <laughs> you know, I'm going to say yes and no. Uh, on one side, yes. But, you know, my father passed away when I was 20. Like I had literally just moved to America to go to college. And that year he passed away. And so after, without his, he was, he was the rock of the family. You know, he was the provider, but he was also kind of like one of those uh, young at heart kind of spirits. So we always, the adventures and the things that we did, it was because of my dad. So after he passed, she had a hard time staying because the friends were all his, you know, yes, she had become friends with, you know, them and the wives, but it's different. Right? Once he left, she, she had this really interesting kind of feeling of being rejected. Uh, then my, my dad had a business, obviously when he passed that ended. So she had to find a teaching job. She was not happy at that. So no, she, I'm going to say yes, no, because it was it was it was harder for her after he passed. It was easier when he he was alive and she could just kind of follow him, you know, yeah, whatever he she did. did she, she did move back to the US, to the US, didn't she? Yeah, after she tried staying in Florence for my sister because my sister at the time was a, a minor and she was still going to school, so she stayed long enough for my sister to graduate high school, but then she came she moved back. Yeah. All right. Um, and you were studying in the U.S. and you used to go back and forth. Yes. I used to go back and forth even before studying. But yes, I've always gone back and forth. If I could divide myself in two, split <laughs> myself in two and live here and there at the same time, I would. You would. <clears throat> I think I would do the same. I would be half in Switzerland and half in Cyprus. I think this is the... Yeah. The beauty and the, um, the, you know, the two sides of... The curse. Of, of, yeah, because... Um, on the one hand, it's beautiful and it's, 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 you know, we're very blessed to have the best of both worlds. But on the other hand, yeah. you always miss one, one of them. Exactly. Yeah, you're absolutely, you, you said it perfectly. And, you know, I've been now in Florence for a few months now because I'm following a construction process, process here, a project. I have been really torn. I've been going back and forth, like, I love being here and it reminds me of, you know, my younger years, but then I'm missing California, I'm missing America. And it is, it's, it's a blessing and a curse at the same time. I'm grateful. So don't get me wrong. I'm absolutely grateful. I wouldn't uh, give it back or change it for the world, but it is a balancing act. It's really um, balancing one's emotions when you go through that nostalgia feeling or that, you know, desire of being on the other, in the other country it's just managing your emotions and really mm -hmm. understanding that okay i'm here now and let me enjoy the moment here let me enjoy the culture the food experience and then when i go over there i do the same over there and it's 
those moments by moments, right? That we yeah. experience. Yeah, but enjoy. I know exactly how you feel. And talking about that construction project, I think it's important to tell to the people who are listening to us on this podcast that soon took a little longer that you were planning that that it you were hoping that it would take, but soon you will be able to rent a place in Florence renovated by Michaela, right? Yes, yes, absolutely. I I had uh, an apartment that was quite large and it was, um, the design of it was uh, linear. So I, I was able to split it in half and now I'm going to have two and they're going to be uh, rented. They're actually, one of them is already rented to a Spanish company. And then the other one is going to be on Airbnb and booking and all that for people to enjoy. And it will be your place when you go and stay. It will that be your, your, uh, yeah. Yeah. So it will be my home here in Florence that when I'm not here, I'll put on uh, Airbnb and fantastic. So I'll be able to share my home with people. (laughs) We'll be a, we'll be, we'll put your contacts and whatever necessary in the show notes so people can get in touch with you. But we're ahead of our uh, time here. I want to go back to, um, I I studied your LinkedIn profile. You studied in San Francisco. I did. I went to San Francisco State. That's the college I went to. How long did you stay in San Francisco? I lived in the Bay Area for 10 years. So I moved to California in 1991. And I moved to then Southern California in 2001-ish. Yeah, it, when was when was 9-11? Was it 2001? Yeah, so I, I was in Northern California from 91 to 2001. And then I moved to Los Angeles in 2001. And I'm still there. So I've right. been in LA for so 21 what made you So what, what made you decide to move from San Francisco to LA? Ooh, <laughs> well, I was... I was engaged to a boy and we had been together for five and a half years and uh, we broke up. So it was a really painful breakup because I literally thought I was going to marry this man and I couldn't stay in in the, I I needed to change my environment. I wanted to just change my environment because everything reminded me of him. So my mom's best friend is a, a movie producer in LA and she was looking for somebody to be a co-producer, coordinating producer for uh, her shows with Discovery Channel. And so I said, oh my gosh, I've always wanted to be in the entertainment business. I'm not feeling, you know, I I was down. Let me just move to LA, you know, indefinitely just to try this out and see what happens. And that's what I did. I actually worked with her for a couple of years on several different shows. And then I liked LA so much that I stayed. That's how I got to LA. been to LA many times because uh, I was a tour guide, but also, you know, the stuff you read and the stuff you see, I always read or know that LA is full of aspiring actors and actresses. Were you ever an aspiring actress? (laughs) You know, oh my gosh, you're you're pulling out all of my secrets. (laughs) (laughs) Nobody knows all these things. So yes, I was, I actually was in a movie I was an extra in a movie with Leonardo DiCaprio. 
Uh, if you guys watch, catch me if you can, the one where he plays this uh, pilot from Pan Am and he swindles, swindles all these people uh, out of money. I was in one in the party, the party where he's whining and dining, and I guess he's getting engaged with the girl. Uh, I'm in that. Uh, I'm in a few scenes there. <laughs> oh my God! You, there is definitely stuff coming out here that we didn't know about. <laughs> That's yes. amazing. That's amazing. But um, you did then sort of uh, enter the, uh, the the world of personal development because I mean one of the reasons why we know each other and why we uh, we work together is is because of personal development, woman empower, women empowerment. How did that yeah. come about? What made you get into the world of personal development? Well, so first I need to kind of backtrack a little bit. So when I was living in Northern California, I had my own business. I was, and it was actually pretty successful. I had a handbag manufacturing company. I was making leather handbags in Florence and I was importing them to California. I had a shop in the Bay Area, and also wholesaling the handbags to many stores. And um, I was doing well enough that I could move to LA and let the shop run on its own. So when I moved to LA, I really did it to to, to kind of like one of the bucket lists, right? To, to mm -hmm. check off a, a box on the on the bucket list list, but still keeping my day job, right? Which was the the, the store. Then what happened, the uh, Lira, so so I started this, this uh, business when the Lira still existed. So I'm sure you remember that, of right? Course. Yes. So the Lira, the Lira was the exchange, the um, currency in Italy. So when the Lira went away and the Euro came in, I don't know if I can say this on a podcast, but the S hit the fan. Let's yes, just you say, can say so, that in my podcast. Oh, the shit hit the fan. So what happened was that because I was importing, the exchange rate was eating up all of my profit margin. So I had to come to terms with the fact that my baby, you know, that was my first business. It was I I, I started it in my early 20s and it was my first business on my own. And it was my baby. And so I had to really make a very hard decision and close, shut it down because I, I was working to make no money mm -hmm. because all of my profit was going into the exchange rate. So when I closed my handbag business, I said, okay, wait a minute, what am I going to do here? I, I went through my own introspective journey, said, what the hell am I going to do? And I started just thinking, it's like, okay, well, what do I know how to do? What am I good at? I know how to manufacture. I know how to produce. I know how to sell. So I just need to find some something else to do that with. And I remember for 30 days, every day when I walked the dog, I would ask myself, what is my purpose? What is it that I love? What am I meant to do? What's this next chapter of mine using my gifts and, 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 and what I'm good at doing? And what came out was one day I was walking on the, the Third Street Promenade in Santa Monica which is this kind of like shoppy area in Santa Monica in California. And um, my daughter was four and I saw this beautiful, typical blonde California babe, you know, and she was had this shirt on that said something like, I don't know exactly what it said, but it was something like, I'm prettier than you. So I'll, I'll get all the boys, something like that. I stopped and I said, wait a minute, why would she, a beautiful girl like her have to sport such a negative 
message. And I wouldn't want my daughter to, to, to wear that or read that. Somebody, I said to myself, you know, somebody needs to create empowering messages, put empowering messages on these t-shirts and literally like a, like a download, like a lightning bolt. I heard in my inside saying, you do it. And that's how I shifted from handbags to inspirational clothes. So I started doing, I started putting positive messages on, on clothes for women. My kind of, the thing that I was known for was the, I loved, I love who I am t-shirt. And I did that for a bit. And then from there, my clients would basically buy my clothes because they loved the messages. And then they'd come back and they would say, you know, Mikaela, I love the shirt that I got from you, but it's still sitting on my counter. I haven't been able to wear it. And I'd say, well, wait a minute. Why? Like, what do you mean? Why can't you wear it? She's like, because I feel like a fraud. I want to love myself, but I don't love myself. I realize that I don't love myself. So if I wear it, I feel like I'm a fraud. And so we'd start these really deep introspective conversations and I'd start basically coaching people. I'd start coaching them, you know, naturally I wasn't charging. I was just supporting my clients in the moment. And that's when then another light bulb came, came up and said, wait a minute, this is why I created this line. I created it not only for my own cathartic and, and, and evolution, right? Because creating that line really was my way to get to love, to return to love after the heartbreak of the passing of my father, after the heartbreak of you know, my daughter's father leaving me uh, in a not very good way uh, and being a single mom and just really all those hardships. It was really my own journey back to love. I felt that it was that that next evolution, right? So it helped me love myself. It was helping my clients starting start that conversation of loving themselves. So then it was a natural segue to then, okay, I, I can help people do this help them on this introspective journey and finding themselves, themselves, understanding themselves and loving themselves deeper. And from there getting into a place of really satisfaction, fulfillment, abundance, and all of that. And so that's really how I got to being emotional intelligence uh, coach that I am now. I do, you know, both business and personal. I, I, I combine the two, but that's how I got to doing what I do now. How amazing. And this is my friends, you see, this podcast is called Most Memorable Journeys. And most memorable journeys are not always journeys on a plane. They are life journeys. And this is definitely a very amazing journey that you went through. And I do know that you love to travel, but this is, this actually, this journey that got you there got you a lot of traveling afterwards because I, I do know how you joined the Global Woman Club, but I do know that you are one of the directors who club hops a lot because you like yeah, traveling. I do. Yeah, I do really feel that I am a global woman by birth because I was lucky enough to be born into two cultures and at a young age was going back and forth. I, I just felt that that's just part of who I am. So traveling is really in me. And when I you know, pivoted to the coaching business that I now still run and I found Global Woman, I really thought, okay, this is going to be my opportunity to really even merge my cultures, my background even more. And then from there, who knows what would, you know, what would come of it. My, my initial desire was really to use Global Woman as a way to come back home, right? To come back and connect back uh, on a business level with Italy. But what came of it was so much more. Right. It came with amazing friendships 
and connections all over the world, clients, and an amazing community that I uh, am lucky enough to lead alongside women like you and our founder, Morella Sula, and all of our other directors. I really feel privileged and, and thankful and grateful to be a part of this community. But I do feel that this is who I am. Um, so traveling is just part of what I do. I'll tell you a, a funny story. I was dating a guy a few years back. He was really into me. I still didn't know if I was into him. And when I, I came to, obviously, I came to Europe for the summer, as I usually do. And he didn't want to come. And he said, oh, no, that's your thing. You do that. I don't, traveling is not for me. And in the moment, I'm like, uh, okay, I made my decision. This is not the guy for me. Because uh, this is part of who I am. So if if you don't like traveling and you don't want to explore the world and and understand that the world is how we grow and evolve and, and share ourselves and we allow other people to share themselves, then you're not for me. <laughs> so I came back from my trip and, and I broke up with him. I dumped him. So that was that story. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's a very clear sign. I mean, when you are somebody who likes to travel and then you find out that the person that you're planning to spend the rest of your life with doesn't like it, that's not a good start, is it? No, but um, you were, you know, when you're saying that you were hoping to get back home, you're, we, we both are in this Global Woman Club and it's a lot of culture stuff. However, do you agree with me that at the end of the day, all those women that we come across, we're all the same. We all want to just be happy. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. When I am um, leading my my club in LA, and even when I share with other people, I always say that one of the things that I love about Global Woman is that no matter where I go, whether I'm in Switzerland, London, Paris, Dubai, Singapore, LA, wherever, I meet the same woman and I meet a woman that reflects me and I reflect her. And it's, yeah, the desire to, of adventure, the desire of success, the desire of love, the desire of feeling satisfied and ultimately happy with what we're doing and where we're going in life. So yeah, it's, it, it's a great place to, to come together. And then share. It ourselves. definitely is. And I think um, it's funny how these all these women that get together, they have this common, I think you could call it, you know, joie de vivre, joy of, of, of loving yeah. life and 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 um having fun. Because yeah. you know, on the one hand, it's a business, we all have to buy our bread, but on the other hand, absolutely. And and look, you can design it the way that you want, you know. I you and I, right, we're lucky enough that we we we've had life experiences and um families that have that have brought us into the 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 biculturality. But even if you don't have that, you can still design your life in this way. If traveling is what you love, if exploring the world and communing with people from different cultures and understanding them better and sharing yourself is what you want to do. Put that into your plans. There's a, a way that you can absolutely do it. You know, people say, oh, you're lucky. You know, you're lucky to have the life that you want. I'm blessed. I'm grateful. But I've designed it this way. I've created the life that I want. Because uh, I know a lot of people. I know, in fact, I'm going to give you an example. There was, a, in my high school here in, in Florence, where I grew up, when I went to school here, there was another girl that was just like me. Her mom was American and her dad was Italian. So she's just like me right? But she lives here. 
She's never gone to America. She does, but very rarely. She doesn't go back and forth. She's planted her roots firmly in Italy, in Florence. She doesn't do that. So you don't have to have that connection to travel the world and and to make the world your oyster. You can choose the way you want. I chose to use my biculturality in the way that I have because it's fun and I love it and I enjoy it. But somebody else, like my friend, but like Israel, I'm, I'm not going to name names. Um, she did it a different way. My sister, same thing. Yeah. My sister's three years younger. She doesn't live in America. She lives in Florence. She's chosen something different. It's all up to you. If you want, you can create the life of your own choosing. And um, and it's it's whatever you want it to be. That is very true. But I think it's also very important exactly the way you're saying it. You choose it the way you want it to be. You you mustn't choose it the way other people do. Just because oh, somebody absolutely. else does it, you don't have, you know, we don't have, we, it's, it's important to be us. And it's important. And, you know, this famous place that we always talk about, the famous comfort zone, the comfort zone is the place where our dreams go to die. So sometimes it's, yeah. it, you know, people live in this comfort zone and they are not happy. If you are happy in your comfort zone, it's fine. But sometimes the comfort zone is an ugly place. It is. It, it is. It's a place that kind of binds you. It, it, it's, it ties you down. And, and then it's hard to get out of. Yeah. It's, it's hard to, you, you, you really uh, have to connect with your courage and with a little bit of your daredevil side of your risk-taking side, because coming out of your comfort zone does take risks. Does yeah, take it a risk. takes a little bit the moment you come out, but then usually yeah. it's a smooth ride. You do something else. Apart from being a global woman director, you are an emotional intelligence coach. Am I saying that right? Yes, I'm an emotional intelligence strategist. Yes. You work with frequencies and you um, tell us a little bit to tell, give us just a small example for people to understand who are not in this business. Yeah. So, so if we um, understand from science that we live in a vibratory world, we know that from Einstein and from a lot of the scientific work that has been brought forth up until today. We live in a vibratory world. We're made up of uh, atoms that are just all energy. Uh, energy is all around us. So if we if we start from that perspective and that understanding, then we can understand that we also are frequency and vibrations. And the way that we... Um, that is through our our emotions. Our emotions uh, give us a certain frequency. So if we're uh, holding on to negative emotions, low vibrating emotions, then that is the uh, place that we're going to attract from, right? If if you've seen the secret and if you've known of the law of attraction, you understand that like attracts like. So if I'm vibrating at a lower frequency, I'm going to attract something that's similar to that frequency, right? And opposite, if I uh, commit myself and I um, practice in staying connected to higher frequencies, so love, happiness, joy, right, all of that, satisfaction, fulfillment, all of those lovely emotions, then I'm, my frequency is higher. And at that higher frequency, then I'm going to attract, right? That which is similar to that higher frequency. So low frequencies attract things that aren't very nice. (laughs) High frequencies attract those that are nice. So when I 
work with people, I'm really helping them understand their internal makeup, their emotionality. What are those emotions that unbeknownst to them are running their life or running their decisions or running their business or running their relationships, right? If there's something present in your life that you are not happy with right now, I guarantee you there is an emotional root cause that is stuck in the subconscious that's having you behave and feel and think in a certain way that brings you to that result. And so that's where I start from with people. I work with having them understand themselves deeper, uh, then identify what those limiting conversations, those negative conversations and disempowering conversations are. We create new neural pathways, new conversations with it, and that become tools that they can use to really stay connected to that higher frequency. And then from there, if they uh, if they come to me for business, right, you know, to to really understand how to use emotional intelligence as a tool to maximize their income ability, their income making ability, then I apply business strategy. I have two degrees in business. I have a business degree and I have an uh, an international business degree. So I just use my degrees and experience as an entrepreneur and having had several businesses myself to really help people monetize through strategy and implementation. So that's basically what I what I do. Fantastic. And as you very clearly said, some of those trapped emotions and some of them of those limiting beliefs are in our subconscious mind and they were downloaded in our early years and very often we don't even know that they exist and it's important to sometimes find them. And, uh, you know, we had, you were in Cyprus and we had uh, Martina Kwan. I loved her metaphor, the way she said it. Sometimes we have to lift the rock and see what's under there, because usually all that shit, as we are using this for the second time, is somewhere (laughs) hidden and it needs to be, it needs to come out because if we find it, we can change it. Yeah. And and, then using the metaphor uh, of shit, right? If we put, if we have a rock and a pile of shit, it's still going to smell like shit. So if we want to really understand how to clear our shit, we got to lift the rock and we got to clean the pile of shit. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> down the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't think the conversation to understand <laughs> how, how, how we hold stuff in our subconscious <laughs> and it's, it needs to be cleaned up. Absolutely. But it's very, I mean, it's one of the basic human needs, isn't it? It is. So, yeah. Right. So I, I, I think that, um, this is a tool that everybody should really try out. It's something that because we all have some stuff hidden somewhere. And I think it's fantastic Absolutely. to actually know that we have that this exists. It can, this can help us. And uh, personally, I have done a lot of work on myself and it really, really has helped me. And, um, you know, sometimes it's a small investment that can change and make a big, big difference. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and you you know, you work with the subconscious as well. So you know how important it is. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. It's and you said it right. It's an investment. It's it's an investment in yourself. And it, had I not invested in myself so many years ago when I was starting to go through my own personal development journey, I wouldn't be the woman that I am today. So I'm so grateful for all of the different uh, coaches and seminars and books and trainings that I have spent my money on, my hard-earned money on. And I've spent a lot of it, thousands and thousands, because I wouldn't 
I wouldn't be the, the woman that I am today. And I'm, and I would do it again. I would spend it all over again. Yeah, I totally agree. And I think all that training money that we pay, like we go and train to help people, but I think the person that we actually help most is ourselves. Exactly. Yeah. You know, and, and I always feel with every client that I work with, there is something inside of me that, that heals as well when I, or, or that Absolutely. changes as well. So Yeah. This has become very serious. Let's get back because we're trying. <laughs> we're nearly done. But um, I know back to the travel. <laughs> just getting back to the travel a little bit. What's on Michaela Pastori's uh, travel plan? What's happening next? Well, I am going back to the US on the twenty first of this month, and then I'll be right back here in Florence, middle of January. Then I'm going to go to London for the uh, Global Woman Conference that's happening on the 20th of January. So I'll be in London for that. And then I'm then, then I'm going to go back to America and I'm going to stay put for a little bit and then come back to, to Italy. I'm, I'm going to be going back and forth to Italy quite a bit next year. So is there any place, do you have any dream? Is there a place that you would, you, you would think of sometimes you would like to go maybe someday, but you haven't been yet? Is there a, a Oh yes. Yes, and that is on my list next year. I have always wanted to go to Greece. I uh I actually feel and this could start a whole other conversation. I feel that I had another lifetime in Greece. And uh I've always wanted to go there. I have not made my my way there. However, one of our global women members in Los Angeles it spends a lot of time in Greece. And so I was planning with her to go visit her next summer. So yeah, Greece, I want to go to Greece and I want to feel how I feel, feel if I feel any, you know, resonance or any like deja vu. <laughs> That's what I want to do. There is a lot about Greece. I mean, Greece is a fascinating place because it is it's just so different, you know, from, from coming to Athens and then going on the islands and the north and the south. My daughter is picking olives in, in uh, Peloponnese. Peloponnese at the moment in Kalamata, you know, making olive oil. Greece is a fascinating country. I will want to know a lot more. I think that's going to be another podcast episode once you have experienced Greece. Oh, yeah, for sure. Well, no. Yeah. Now, just before we finish, you were saying, do you believe so? You Do, do we have past lives? What's that story? Because, um, you know, it's a debate. Do we, do you remember? It is a debate. Um, you know, I'm not an expert, so I'm going to speak just from my own experience. I do, I do believe that we have past lives. I, I mean, where can I even start? I've done constellation work several times and a couple of my past lives has, have come through there. One of them being I was, and I know because I had a, such a visceral reaction. I, I, I bawled my, my eyes out. I cried. So I knew, you know, I knew that that it was real. Um, but one of my lifetimes that came through that experience, I was hung as a demonstration uh, to not speak out. So I was hung to dry and to be a demonstration for people. If you speak out, this is what's going to happen to you. Mm. And interestingly enough, I had gone to have this constellation work done because I had been feeling there was something in me that wanted to come out, but I couldn't speak it. I couldn't, I was, something was, I couldn't speak it. I couldn't use my voice. Uh, either there was part of me that was afraid 
there was part of me that just was was frozen and I didn't understand why because I was I know I'm a smart woman and that's what came out so I firmly believe there's no way that anybody could have known that that was the reason why I I I was doing that session and then that past life came out so yeah I do I also had an experience after my past my my father passed away uh, I was having a panic attack I suffered from panic attacks after his passing and one day I was literally thought I literally thought I was having a, a heart attack uh, I just felt this amazing just love energy this this I never felt this before just come through me and I saw the image of my father's face in in my mind's eye right I just felt this amazing amazing love energy come through me to calm me down and you know and I've had a lot of other experiences so all of these very spiritual experiences that I've had lead me to believe and I choose to believe that the soul is infinite that we never die and that we just move on to other experiences and we choose to come back if we want and and maybe not if we don't but that's what i choose to believe yeah it's all because of every well, lots of things that i've experienced wow that well, is new well i believe this i i have the same i haven't had many ex- i believe the same thing there is no we don't we, there you know there is no we don't die i mean we do die but there is no end our soul doesn't die i totally yeah, the physical dies but yes, that's a- i totally believe the same thing but um I want you to continue doing what you're doing and to continue speaking out for all those women that you're speaking out for. And you're not going to be hung anymore. Isn't that a progress in your life? I know. It sure is. (laughs) It sure is. Absolutely. I'm going to tell you that if you knew me in my teens and 20s, I was very shy. I wouldn't speak much because I I, I, I was just... I just couldn't. I was just shy. I was afraid, all of that. But I firmly believe that after that experience, I became, I felt more comfortable in speaking out and saying, so when I see an injustice or when I think that something's not right, I will speak my truth and I will stand up for the things that I feel um, are right. And I don't have a qualm about it anymore. I really don't. So I really think that that experience helped me into step into my authentic voice for sure. Beautiful. Michaela Bastari, thank you so much for spending time with me today on Most Memorable Journeys. Well, thank you for having me. It was so delightful. If you enjoy my podcast, please like, share and subscribe to my channel. You will find all the information in the show notes.